0: Good morning again, church. Something tells me we should continue to meet this way. I don't know why. Maybe it's because the presence of the Lord is here. It was interesting when Timothy's talking about riding the horse. Thank you, Jesus. For those that came in um, after 10 o'clock, The announcements are no longer here in this part. They've been pushed to 10 o'clock. So I'm just giving you the heads up. Um, We start at 10. The announcements will be at 10 with the welcome, and then away we go. So we want to give more space to what God wants to do. We don't want to stick announcements in the middle of it anymore. So, um, yeah, you've got emails, bulletins. You've got all kinds of other ways to do that as well but i just want to stress a couple of little things um, before the kids go out and uh the kids are not going out into the out today because it's a bit hot out there still um they're going in so you, the kids you'll need to go past the sound booth and into the training room off the lounge area thanks uh parents so the prayer and fasting is nearly finished um, but we have been um, asked to be, well, we felt a witness with that, to be part of um, some more prayer and fasting. Hands up who loves prayer and fasting. Okay, we're going to need a few more than that. It is, it's one of those things that you go, oh, but you, when you're in it and you're just seeking God and you're putting aside distractions of food and tv and whatever else it's a great time and the reason that we're joining and we and we hope and believe that we're joining with other brothers and sisters in Bundaberg is that there is a witch witches event that is due to happen on the 23rd of March and uh we stand for light not darkness amen There's, a lot of people don't understand so much what happens in the spiritual realm but our battle's not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. And there's so many strongholds that have been strongholds in Bundaberg for decades. The spirit of Leviathan, who, when I say something to Kathy, Kathy doesn't hear what I say to her because it twists it and it creates misunderstandings and miscommunication. Spirit of Leviathan, spirit of witchcraft, spirit of Jezebel. You know, spirit of religion. These spirits have been in Bundaberg for a long time and it's time for these strongholds to be broken. Is there an amen? So it's time for some more prayer and fasting. So uh, the sign-up sheet is down the back and um, we'll be joining our other brothers and sisters. There'll be some more things that'll happen over the next month to do that, but good place to start is prayer and fasting. Um, we just wanted to also... Um, I remind people that tonight is our first night of um, worship and ministry. As we stepped into this year, we really felt the Lord uh, encourage us to step into some things as part of that. And so Bruce is going to bring a short um, word tonight about healing, and we're really going to um, go after healing tonight in Jesus' name. So we we've seen God heal, but we believe there's more. Amen. And just the last thing I wanted to share was. Um, that because we're you know transitioning into more and more of a team-based ministry in so many different things and so many different areas, um, we're blessed to have more and more people sharing the word of God amongst us going forward. So in two weeks' time, one two is that right? Two weeks' time we're going to have Tom. Tom's going to share, but this morning we have Danielle. Now, I used to call her Danielle, but it's actually Danielle. So welcome, Danielle. She's going to share with us today. Good picture. And the kids are going out to the training room and we're going to get into the Word of God.
1: Good morning, brothers and sisters. You know, when we were in worship, I heard the Holy Spirit speak something to me so strong and I must share it with you all. He said, It's time to take back ground. And I truly believe that this morning, as you hear this message, or even in the worship, it's already begun you're going to be taking back some ground that's been stolen from you. I also heard the Holy Spirit said that many of us in this room have been watching and listening to stuff that is not useful for you. From this day forwards, you're going to watch and listen to that stuff and it's going to become very, very dull and you're going to want the Word of God more than ever before. I could see your hearts and I could see a light burning like a burning in each heart. It's for every single one of you. And as you open the word, your heart is going to burn and it's going to yearn. And that first love is going to be rekindled. And I thank you for that, Lord. I thank you for that today. It is such an honor and a privilege to bring the word of God to you today. I'm just his mouthpiece. That's all I am. And if you feel like I've got my finger pointing at you, I just want you to know that I have three pointing back at me. We're all on this journey together and we're all learning. And from day to day, we are getting stronger in the Lord. He's calling us deeper. He's calling us closer. But we must obey his voice. That's your bit. Today's message is titled Fresh Manner." And since about mid-December, I've been hearing the Holy Spirit in my daily walk say to me, fresh matter," He's actually been whispering. Normally I hear him quite sternly when he gives me a word, but he's been whispering this word, fresh matter, Let it go. Let it go. Let go of the bad. And it's time to also let go of some things that you think are good because back then they were good. If that sounds confusing to you, I just want you to go back to a time in your walk with God where he performed a miracle. He did something amazing. He met with you in such a way that you're holding on to it with everything you have. And you think he's not going to do that again. But I'm here to tell you, today you're going to get fresh manna and you're going to get fresh manna every day from this day forward. Do you believe that? Good. That's what I want to hear. It's time to let go of the old and it's time to make way for the new. He's got some good stuff for you. He really, truly does. Stop holding on to that stuff from the past. You know, a pastor um, that Claudio and I used to be under in Sydney used to use this rule, and it's something that has stuck with me, and it's the 24 hour rule. If something doesn't go your way, something goes wrong something at work, something at home, you have 24 hours to grieve that thing, okay? You can get angry. You can hold on a little bit and say, ah, this is hurting me. But after 24 hours, that thing has to be gone. You have to point your eyes to the Lord and say, Lord, I know that happened. That's hurting me. But it's a new day today. When something good happens, And you're elevated, and God God takes you to another level, or He gives you something good. Celebrate that thing on your birthday, on your anniversary. But after that 24 hours, it's like, Lord, what do you have for me next? Don't hold on. The only thing you need to cling on to in this life is this it's the word of God. Everything else must go. We have to let go. Us as a people, we hold on to so much stuff stuff in the home, physical stuff I'm talking about as well. Because I read, and a psychologist wrote this, that we hold on to stuff because we feel if we've got stuff around us, we're permanent. A lot of us fear our non-permanence in this world. When you go to heaven, you're not going to take one thing with you. So let go of the stuff. Today I'm going to read to you an amazing story from the book of Exodus and if you have your Bible or your phone, I encourage you to go to it. On that note, I actually encourage you from this day forward to bring your Bible to church. Bring it! This has to go above, and I'm talking to myself, this has to go above and beyond your phone. All right? If you have a Bible app on your phone, That's fine because you've got the Bible. But if you don't, bring it. Fall in love with it again. All right. I'm going to do a lot of reading here, but you're cool with that, aren't you? It's the word. Exodus 16. The whole Israelite community set out from Elim and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elim and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month after they had come out of Egypt. So we're talking six weeks here after they had been delivered from Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron, their leaders. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out into this desert to starve this entire assembly to death. These people had just witnessed and been a part of one of the most amazing miracles that's happened on this earth. The Lord God parted the Red Sea. He parted the oceans. There were like huge walls of water. Can you imagine that? Going to Bagara today and I want to walk to, I don't know, what's nearby? Fraser Island, okay? I need to get to Fraser Island, Lord, and I'm not going in a boat. And he says, all right, I'm going to part it, and you can walk through. I'm telling you, six weeks later, who would my hope and trust be in? But these people forgot what God had just done. Then the Lord said to Moses, their leader, "I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I will test them." And see whether they follow my instructions. You know, God tests you today to see if you're going to follow his instructions. On the sixth day, they are to prepare what they bring in, and that is to be twice as much as they gather on the other days. So Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites in the evening, you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. And in the morning, you will see the glory of the Lord because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we, your leaders, that you should grumble against us? Moses also said, you will know that it was the Lord when he gives you the meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning because he has heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You were not grumbling against us but the Lord. Then Moses told Aaron, say to the entire Israelite community, come before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. While Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked toward the desert and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. Wow, even amongst the grumbling, even amongst the doubt, Even amongst the unbelief and the complaining, the glory of the Lord came. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight you will eat meat and in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening came and quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? For they didn't know what it was. Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord God has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent the Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some gathered little. And when they measured it by the Omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much. And the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Then Moses said to them, no one is to keep it, keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning, but it was full of maggots and began to smell. So Moses was angry with them. Each morning, everyone gathered as much as they needed. And when the sun grew hot, it melted away. On the sixth day, they gathered twice as much, two omers for each person. And the leaders of the community came and reported this to Moses. He said to them, this is what the Lord commanded. Tomorrow is to be a day of the Sabbath rest, a holy Sabbath to the Lord. So bake what you want to bake and boil what you want to boil. Save whatever is left and keep it until morning. So they saved it until morning as Moses commanded, and it did not stink or get maggots in it. Eat it today, Moses said, because today is a Sabbath to the Lord. You will not find any of it on the ground today. Six days you were to gather it, but on the seventh day, the Sabbath, there will not be any. Nevertheless, some of the people went out on the seventh day to gather it, but they found none. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long will you refuse to keep my commands and my instructions? I'm telling you, if, I, if God instructed me to go out to my letterbox and grab something to eat and I didn't obey him and there were maggots in it, I think I'd learn from that, don't, don't you? Bear in mind that the Lord has given you the Sabbath. That is why on the sixth day, he gives you bread for two days. God will always supply your need. Everyone is to stay where they are on the seventh day. No one is to go out. So the people rested. They actually obeyed that one. The people of Israel called the bread manna. It was like white, like coriander seed and tasted like wafers made with honey. Moses said, this is what the Lord has commanded. Take an omer of manna and keep it for the generations to come so they can see the bread I gave you to eat in the wilderness when I brought you out of Egypt. So Moses said to Aaron, take a jar, put an omer of manna in it and place it before the Lord to be kept for the generations to come. As the Lord commanded Moses, Aaron put the manna with the tablets of the covenant law so that it might be preserved. The Israelites ate manna for 40 years until they came to a land that was settled. They ate manna until they reached the border of Canaan. Okay, that's a huge story, isn't it? I think I've done my reading. I really encourage you tonight or whenever to go back to that story because it is a, there's so much amazing stuff in there. But I just want to share you what I've learned from that. How quick we are to forget the goodness of God. When he does something amazing for us and then something goes wrong, how quick we are to forget what he has just done. How quick we are to blame others for our current circumstances. We need to stop doing that. How we don't like following instructions. You know, a lot of us, we go against, we go against, the flesh doesn't want to bow down. How we need to repetitively fall sometimes in order to learn from our mistakes. This is pretty simple stuff, but it's something that us as human beings have a really hard time with. I'm just going to tell you a little story now, which is very predictable from the get-go. My little son, Michael, loves jumping on the bed. Hey, anyone got kids that love jumping on the bed? And right next to the bed is a, um, you know, little tall boy thingy. What is it? Bedside table. And the bedside table has a very sharp corner on it. And I'm always telling him, if you jump, you could hurt yourself. Feel the corner, feel the corner. But I tell him, and I tell him, and I tell him, don't jump on the bed, don't jump on the bed, don't jump on the bed. About a week ago, we went out somewhere and Michael was laying on the ground saying, my tummy, my tummy, it's hurting me, it's hurting me. And I could not figure out what had happened. Every time I asked him, Michael, what happened? What happened? Eventually that night, he said, mummy, today when I jumped on the bed, and I jumped off, the cupboard that was open, I hit my tummy on the corner. And I said, see, that's why mummy says, don't jump on the bed. It's the same thing with the Lord. He says, don't watch that. Turn it off. Do we listen? And then when things go bad, we just want to blame someone else. Oh, they made me do it. Oh, they shouldn't have said that. They shouldn't have done that. It's time we take responsibility and don't do the things we, we shouldn't do. But I've got some good news. I've learned from Exodus 16 how the Lord remains faithful to us even when we're grumbling. Even when we're like, oh, this sucks. I hate this. I can't stand this. You still get a paycheck, still go to Woolies, still fill up your trolley, go home, eat, sleep in a beautiful bed, have a shower. We are blessed. You know, the Lord God loves to bless you. His desire is to bless you, no matter what, no matter what state you're in. But wouldn't you rather be in a joyful state? How the glory of the Lord can appear no matter how messed up I am. I want to tell you before I became a Christian and as the Holy Spirit was leading me closer and closer and the day was approaching where I would finally surrender, I felt, experienced, saw some amazing things of God in the Spirit amazing things. And I was messed up at the time. I was sinning. I was not in a good place. How much more does he want to do for you now? But he's waiting. He's saying, come on, come on, seek me, seek me. How patient the Lord is with us. He's so patient. I'm continually at my home, if you know me well. I'm a declutterer, okay? My husband will tell you. Many arguments have happened because I've gotten rid of it. They'll say, where's that thing? I'm like, ah, oh. and he knows I've gotten rid of it. I do that because I want to take you to a story later on that you're going to understand, but I want to declutter. I just don't want to have stuff around me. All I want is the Lord. You know, I could do without a TV. I don't care if the TV blows up. Sorry, hon, but I really do. I don't care. I don't care. I just want the Lord. He's the only one who can fulfill you and satisfy you. The whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron, their leaders. You know, leaders have a tough job, guys. Being called by God, have a tough job of leading, of guiding, of instructing us. And they get hear a lot of grumbling. (laughs) They hear a lot of grumbling. I find it amazing how the Lord said in in Exodus 16, 4, I will test them and see whether they follow my instructions. God will test your obedience. He really will. He says, okay, a word's been spoken today. Are you going to take this forward or are you going to sit on it? I want to share with you guys that I have done both. I have been disobedient as a Christian. I've gone against what my leaders told me to do. I've gone against what God told me to do. And I want to tell you, it's not fun where you end up. You end up coming back, saying, sorry, Lord, surrender. It's much easier to learn, to obey and to walk. Believe me. (laughs) If we hold on to the bad things in life, we know that this is going to smell, okay, and bring maggots. We know that. But if we hold on to the good stuff, like I told you in the beginning, we hold on to those good experiences that we had, even the good will smell because he wants to give you fresh manna daily. We are called to listen and obey God. We are to listen and obey our leaders as well. You know what? If you're a little bit uncomfortable with that statement and your leader gives you a direction, this is your filter, okay? If what your leader is telling you goes through this, obey that because it's God's word. If your leader says to to a female, oh, it's okay to marry that lady, that's fine. You put it through this. Is it okay? No. God's word. God will never let you go. He will deliver you. He will show himself to you in miraculous ways and he will always provide for you. So when things happen that you don't fully understand now, in just a little while, you will see. I've said this many times, this in just a little while, because we tend to give up so easily, so easily. A lot of you know my story of my two children and how it took four and a half years each For them to be here against all odds. So that's nine years, nine years of desert, nine years of saying, Lord, hear my prayer. You said in the beginning, go forth and multiply. I claim the scriptures. I used to worship and I didn't see God come through in a total of nine years. But you know what that's done in me now? When things don't go right, I don't run anymore like I used to. I used to run. But I've seen God come through in just a little while. Hold on. Sometimes the tests, sometimes meaning 99% of the time, the tests will hurt you. But you must trust that God is doing something great in you. And when you obey, you will see good fruit and fruit that will last. I want to give you another testimony now about leaders in my life, just to paint a picture. When I first became a Christian, like, you know, I was in the world. I had a lot of occultish objects because I was in the occult for a time. Spiritually, I was seeking. You know, a lot of people that are into the occult are seeking something more. They want a greater depth spiritually. They're hungry. So that's what I did. I had these leaders. I gave my heart to the Lord. And they said, okay, Danielle, now for you to go forward in God, it's time for you to let go of some stuff. The bad stuff was kind of easy to get rid of because I knew black and white, this is wrong. But my grandmother, my grandmother has 16 grandchildren. So I'm one of the 16. And out of the 16, there are only three Christians' grandchildren. So me, my brother, and a cousin who lives in New Zealand. Anyway, my grandmother, she was a devout Catholic her whole life. She's Maltese, but she was born in Egypt. So she also had a lot of Egyptian artefacts that she brought from Egypt to Australia. Anyway, she had these rosary beads, these beautiful coloured rosary beads, you know, full of all the colours of the rainbow. And I'm one of 16 grandchildren and this grandmother of mine died with me holding her hands. So I had a very strong connection with her. She gave me these rosary beads. She passed them on to me. Now, my leaders at the time said to me, Danielle, I'm sorry to tell you this, but um, those rosary beads are not really that good. <laughs> They're full of idolatry. And idolatry is as witchcraft to the Lord. And I didn't want to take that with me for the future generations into my life, my children's life, my grandchildren's life. I said, no, this stops now. This Catholicism, this idolatry, this witchcraft. I will not have it, but you know what? My flesh didn't want to let go of those rosary beads because they meant something. They they meant something. A friend of mine at the time, she was going through the same clean up process as me, which is pretty painful. If if any of you are on that journey, I know where you're at. And I said to her, if I'm going to get rid of these rosary beads, I need to chuck them in a place where tomorrow I can't go back and get them, because I knew my flesh was saying, I oh, don't get rid of them. I want them. So we said, okay, if any of you know Sydney, we went to Sydney Harbour. I had a plastic bag full of stuff, jewellery from past relationships, Egyptian artefacts from my grandmother and the rosary beads. I'm sorry, I would never throw plastic in the ocean again, okay? (laughs) That was a long time ago. That's a confession. I would take a paper bag today, not a plastic bag. So this friend of mine, she had her plastic bag and I had my plastic bag and I said, right, we're going to catch a ferry from Circular Quay to Manly and it's beautiful. It's one of the most beautiful places in Australia because I said, if I don't throw this stuff in the middle of Sydney Harbour, I know I'm going to go back tomorrow and get it because my flesh wanted it but it was this Holy Spirit that said, let it go, let it go. So anyway, we caught the ferry. We're on the ferry. We're on the back of it. And I can see all the foam from the from the motor. And we're halfway there. And I'm like, are you ready to do this? She said, yep, I'm ready to do it. Let's do it. So on the count of three, one, two, three, I let go of it. I'm like, there's my grandmother's rosary beads. And I can't get them back. They're gone. They're gone in the foam. We went over to Manly, we had a beautiful ice cream and looked at the view. I'm like, I can't believe I just did that. I can't believe I just did that. And I didn't want to pass them on to anyone because then I'm giving them a symbol of idolatry to take into their future. So these things had to go. They're on the bottom of Sydney Harbour somewhere. So what I'm trying to tell you from that is that my leaders at the time were instructing me and there was resentment inside of me at the time because I'm thinking these people who I've only just met have led me to the Lord. Yes. Yes, Lord. I know that. I know that. And now they're telling me to get rid of stuff, stuff that's really important to me. And my flesh went against it. I started getting angry. Every time I'd see him at church, I'm like, okay, I'm not looking at you now. I didn't want them to pick on me again because I thought, what else are they going to tell me to get rid of? But I took it through this. I took it through the filter and I knew that my leaders were on the right track, that they loved me, they wanted to guide me, they wanted to lead me closer to God, and I had to let go. I had to let go and trust. Even most recently, Tim came to my house um, when I first met him, and you've all heard a little bit of my story about praying through the home and I had these beautiful chimes that I bought from Victoria and I spent a lot of money on them. He's like, Danielle, you know that problem you've got? I hate to tell you this, but those chimes, you know, they're not that good. I did a bit of research and he was right. Went to, the, went to the word and he was right. There are some objects that we have in our home that we shouldn't have. And, you know, when I purchased them, the Holy Spirit actually niggled me inside and said, don't get them don't get them. But I went against him, which is not good. Anyway, the day Tim instructed me to do that, I pulled him off and I chucked him in the bin. And Claudio comes home. He's like, are the chimes. You spent a lot of money on them. I said, nah, they're gone. See you later. But I want to tell you something. My obedience in all these things has brought me freedom and good fruit. Freedom and good fruit. I have grown in the Lord. I have matured in the Lord because I obeyed his voice. Sometimes, yes, it took me the 10th time, okay? But I didn't wake up a Christian and end up here where I am right now. I had to go through the process. I had to obey and listen listen to my leaders, listen to God and obey. I wasn't allowed to sing in church one note until I gave up smoking. And I told you all that as well because God had to deal with habitual sin. I had to let it go, let it go. Let the bad things that happen in your life be reminders of what not to do if the test comes around again. But don't cling on to that stuff because they're just going to put a stumbling block in your path as to what God wants to do next. The provider is more important than the provision. An abundance of provision still will not satisfy our hunger for something more and that can only be found in God's word. Manna symbolizes God's care and his unending provision for us. It's a call to obedience and trust in the Lord daily. Seek him daily. The enemy will distract you, okay? He doesn't want you reading this. I go through it too. When I pick up the word of God, all of a sudden I think, okay, I've got to do the washing. Um, I better get it off the line. Oh, kids, are you hungry? Do you want something to eat? But when I'm watching something on TV, I don't think of that stuff. It's the moment I pick up the Word of God, which tells me I need to pick it up more. If you don't know where to start, you can read a chapter of John each day and a psalm. That's it. If you don't know where to start. The next day, read John chapter 2 and read Psalm 2. The next day, read John chapter 3. And Psalm 3 and say, Lord, speak to me through your word. I want to get closer to you, Lord. And I promise you, He will, because He says He will. There was once this gentleman, I don't know if I read about it or heard about it, he was a man of God, but he wanted to be changed. He's like, nah, I'm not satisfied. I need to be changed, Lord. I need to be closer. I need to be closer to you, Lord. And he heard the Holy Spirit say, read Ephesians. 50 times. So what this gentleman did every day, he would go through it at his own pace. He would read Ephesians from chapter one to the end. That was the first time. Then he'd go back to the beginning, chapter one to the end. He did it 50 times in a row. And he said it revolutionized his life. It changed him from the inside. He began walking with his head up high because he knew who he was in Christ. He knew who he was. You're only going to get that from the word. I'm sorry. YouTube is not going to do it. Facebook is not going to do it. Netflix is not going to do it. Turn it off. Get into this. Maybe you need to read Ephesians 50 times. Put yourself to the challenge. Say, Lord, change me. Change me. I want to know you deeper. And he's going to say, you know what? You go to this. The manna in Exodus represented God's word and Jesus. You know, everything in the Old Testament points towards Jesus. You might read the Old Testament and think, oh, this is a bit boring. There are certain parts that you read and you're like, oh, Lord. But it points to Jesus. John 1, one says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So when you speak a scripture, you're actually speaking God. You're actually, his spirit is coming out of you. Jesus said in Matthew four four, it is written, Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. This is what you need, guys. And like I said, I'm pointing back to myself three times. I take it seriously when I speak to you. I I seek God. You know, Tim is right. When we get asked to speak, it's not something little. Each day, the Lord taps on you. Say this, say this, say this. It's full on. Jesus is the true manna. Jesus echoed these words in John six thirty three to 35. He said this, Our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. Woo, so true. Every time I have declared God's word, every time I've hung on to his word, He has come through for me every single time. There's not one time I can say he didn't come through for me. Sometimes I had to wait, though. You know, four and a half years for my daughter, four and a half years for my son. But there's many other things I had to wait for. Deliverance, you know, feeling depressed and then going through the motions and speaking God's word, speaking God's word, and then something breaks. Don't give up, guys. Don't give up. The manner that God gave the Israelites represented God's word and the life-giving presence of Jesus Christ. Both are essential to our walk with him. Both are available to us. But also our effort to seek them out is expected by God. He expects you to seek him out. He didn't call you to live your Christian life just sitting back in your chair. He really didn't. He said, I want to give you more. I want to meet with you more. I want to break more off. You must seek him. To keep our spirits alive, we must seek out God's manna. We cannot live on physical food alone. We must have spiritual nourishment in the word of God. can it, any more simple than that. I just want to give you some manna. Before I close up hope I've um heated it up enough in the oven <laughs> this is your spiritual manner for today because this is another scripture that God did speak to me to share with you at the beginning when I was asked here's your manner guys Philippians four eight finally brothers and sisters, whatever is true whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received, the Lord says to you today, or heard from me, or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace will be with you. That's your manala. If the music team want to come up. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word. I really feel led to pray for you. I really feel led to pray for you. If you want more of God if you want to open the word like you used to and you want it to speak to you in a deep way and to change you, starting from today, because the Lord said it's time to take back ground. There were times when many of you would read the word and you fell in love with the word. And I'm going to pray today that that light, that that fire in your heart would be stirred up again and that when you read the word, you don't want anything else. I pray that for you. If you want that, I ask you to stand. I ask you to stand and say, Lord, I want that. I want that, Lord. Yes, God. We need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Lord. Lord Jesus, you see your beautiful sons and your beautiful daughters standing. And they're making a declaration by doing that, Lord. They've made a choice by standing. And you see that. You see that. I pray, Lord Jesus, from this day forward, Lord God, that all the shackles that the enemy has put on their ears and their eyes and their heart would be ripped off right now in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray, Lord God, for your beautiful children, Lord, that when they open the word, that you would jump out of the page. Jump out at them, Lord, with agape love. I pray, Lord God, for each person standing, that as they read your word, they are transformed. They are taken from glory to glory, from strength to strength. Lord, I pray that the things of this world would become dull and that the things of your kingdom and your word would become life and bread to them. Holy Spirit, we want fresh manna daily, God. We want to seek your face daily, Lord Jesus. Speak to your children, I pray. In mighty name, amen. Amen. Thank you.
0: If you need prayer for anything today, the prayer team or members of the prayer team will be here for you. Pray for healing. Pray for encouragement. Pray for breakthrough, whatever it would be. And don't forget, we're back here at Uh, five o'clock tonight. Who is like You, Lord, on the earth?